0: Crew, this is Mark Hatmaker coming to you from the Comancheria, just back from California where we shot some videos. How many? Well, a dozen. What are they on? Yeah, details to come later and uh, there's more videos in the pipeline. So uh, lots of fun stuff coming. But today's topic, let's talk about vacuum tactics now this is how to clean your house so stay with me it is combat related vacuum tactics before you pick apart the title idea to see if it holds a merit let's define some terms vacuum tactics are any combat sport or street application that requires isolation or handicapped handicap drilling to develop full facility now, let me give you a couple examples example one if one really wants to step up a boxing game one might forego kickboxing training for a bit so that the hands become the focus. Or another example, if one really wants to build a facile guard passing game, one may ban leg locks as the easy out, the so-called easy out, until we see the guard passing rise to the desired level of leg lockless facility. On the surface, such compartmentalized training seem to hold intellectual water, but let's drill down past that this first trickle of thought water and see if there's truly sustaining aquifer down below. Now let's talk uh, opportunity cost. We steal this idea from economics, and it holds well for almost everything in our lives. Opportunity cost is a concept that simply means for every purchase we make, each individual yes decision automatically says no thank you to everything else we could have purchased with the same amount of money. This is a simple but big, 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 big idea. If I spend $35 on an antique volume at a vintage in a store, I have said yes to that one item and also truthfully said no to every other available item in the entire world that costs $35 or below that line. I repeat, my purchase may say yes to one thing and one thing only at the expense of all other opportunities. The cost of the item is both the purchase price and the disdaining of everything else those resources could have purchased. Opportunity costs hold for all things in life, not just purchase items. What we choose to do, watch, consume, read, who to spend time with, etc., requires our attention. We pay for those single opportunities by paying attention. When we pay attention to a given subject or a person, we have said no to all other choices we could have purchased at that time with the same resources of limited attention. This is an even bigger idea in this regard than with money. I mean, time over money always. As money, concrete barter exchanges are replen- uh, replenishable. I mean, we could always make more money. I mean, maybe not as much as we would like, but it can and is done every single day. Whereas life is an ever-diminishing resource. With each tick at the second hand, we have less resources in the time bank To pay attention with. Now, I reiterate our opportunity costs mean more in the realm of time and attention than they do in cash on the Barrelhead exchanges with that in mind we should regret the no longer uh, desired purchases laying on dusty shelves far less than we regret the choices or activities we have said no to or more likely should have said yes to we can always buy more stuff but once the bloom of youth is gone the should I have asked her out or is the that's gone or maybe I'll learn to play the clarinet one day well that's gone every day including today features opportunity cost attentional choices from morning till night that's just how life works whatever we choose to do well that's what we're doing and everything else is off the table. With opportunity cost in mind, we must cast the spotlight on our lives, each and every aspect. All right, Now, let's uh, bring this back to the realm of combat training. Presumably our training, even at the professional level, is a meager portion of our lives. If you are not paid to train, then you must set aside time to do so. That time is at a premium. With that being said, vacuum training may simply be asking a bit more of our attention budget than it confers in long-term benefits time being fleeting and limited we are wise to build expertise and facility in high yield time investments this doesn't hold uh, just doesn't hold for combat sports but all athletic endeavors i mean wise strength coach uh, christian tippendow calls training that is chock full of exercises redundancies and mindless sets he calls it majoring in the minors in his domains of strength training uh, strength is built via well-proven broad-based movements that get to the heart of the matter or in other words we have less need of 30 exercises to get swole pecs when a heavy bench will do the trick. The other 29 exercises merely contribute to energy depletion and claim resources that could have been devoted to the rock-solid go-to. Now, specificity does not equal broad-based utility. Opportunity costs may allow us to see there's a possible hole in the vacuum tactics idea, but it's not enough to dispense with it altogether. There is indeed some wisdom in the occasional hamstringing or handicapping of training to bring a particular tactic or attribute into sharper focus. But, A concerted task saturation, or also known as tunneling, may not lead to the stellar results desired. Now, let me give you an anecdote and then an observation from a legend. First, let's talk about the anecdote. The following is a story I have encountered many, many, many a time in one variation or another. A grappler enters a new grappling academy and has little facility with the back game, that is the guard game, but thanks to a catch or sambo background, is quite a leg locker. In the free roll, they tap many a superior player, well, a superior JJ player, with the tools they have. This individual is then approached post-rolling and then advised, Hey, I didn't see you try to pass the guard once. Why don't you restrict yourself for a while and skip leg locks so you can learn to pass purely. Once you, uh, once you can, you'll always have your leg locks. Now, at first blush, a reasonable request uh, when you hear that, but a second thought leads to, wait, wait, wait a minute, you, you mean uh, th- this works for me, the leg locks right out of the gate, and you want me to perfect what seems to be a second-tier tactic so that I can be better at that game, and I was already kind of smoking it to begin with? That same vacuum suggestion means that this hypothetical fighter would no longer devote time and energy to perfecting and further developing what seemingly was already uh, providing the edge. In other words, if the leg lock's already working out of the gate, looks like we would spend time uh, further refining that game as opposed to going off to something that uh, you didn't need. Now, by the way, this anecdote can be easily reversed with those with little exposure to deep triangle vocabularies or candy guard work will be equally stymied and it is not style specific. For example, I have seen it in regard to uh, think about any kind of don't punch in the face rules for some sports that we sometimes see this in intricate high kick games. Uh, This is so that the high kicks can blossom in this. The no face punches edict was mandated uh, after a simple stop jab that was being used exclusively to stymie the intricate kick game. You often have to say, hey, let's not do that. In other words, that's a vacuum tactic so we can make this other thing come up vacuums really means we're trying to make something blossom that doesn't exist in reality if we don't have that vacuum mandate in there a moral here is not styles but demonstrable and sooner manifesting utility again time is at a premium now let's talk about our observation from religion this is carlson gracie quote punch a jujitsu black belt in the face and he becomes a brown belt punch him twice he becomes a blue belt unquote and so on and so forth. This comes from a man who had deep knowledge and a love for the jiu-jitsu game. Again, our lesson is not one of styles, it is one of utility. Mr. Gracie's observation is dead on for our lesson. Any style, jiu-jitsu, boxing, wrestling, Muay Thai, extreme kangaroo kung fu, is likely dependent on some rule set or strategic dogma that curtails it in some sense. All styles likely have a merit to them in the athletic attributes aspect. That's what makes them a sport, not necessarily a a full-on scrum or fight. All styles likely have demerits in the vacuum tact aspect. Wise fighters with an eye on utility cost evaluate what works and what doesn't. Even wiser fighters also ask what works well in the quickest amount of time. The highest order of wisdom asks an additional question. You don't merely want to know what is effective within the style itself. We should be revising according to what we may likely face inside the style or out. We desire transferable utility. Mr. Gracie was not saying that we should give up jujitsu and become one trick ground and pounders. He was implying that a jujitsu game that could alter and deal with that punch and continue and still uh, dominate in the face of that craft uh, would make a better jiu-jitsu player. The boxer who is prepared for the leg kick is the better boxer. The kickboxer who can smell the takedown coming is the better kickboxer. The street combative adherent who knows what knee-down work is adds more odds to the survival lottery. Training in a vacuum prepares one for the vacuum endeavor and nothing else that exists in the vibrant atmosphere outside of that airless environment. So with the time at a premium, uh, training at a premium, it's always best to you know, put most of your dollar into maximum returns. At least that's the way I see things. Well, that's it for today, crew. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, like, share, subscribe, support the podcast, and all that noise. You, you know what to do.